The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Here, uh, Paul proclaiming to the church at Rome, he said, hey, I am not ashamed. And a couple reasons, uh, three reasons I see that he's not ashamed as, as we look here. Um, the first one is, is because of the privilege of the gospel. The privilege to be able to preach the gospel. Look at verse number 10. He said, uh, making request if by any means now that at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. And in verse number 11, he said, for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. Paul's statement where he says, I am ready to preach the gospel, there in verse number uh, 15, makes me, gives me the idea of somebody who's excited, anticipating the opportunity to do something, to be somewhere. Uh, reminded, r- reminded me as I was, I was thinking of this, um, I told my wife as I was getting this ready that I might get a little nerdy here. Um, so just a nerd alert, I guess, right there for you. Uh, but I, as, a, as a young boy, uh, one thing that I wanted to be growing up, among about 50 other things, um, was I wanted to be an astronaut. That was one thing. If I could do anything, I wanted to be an astronaut. Uh, this was before I got saved. Not that it would be bad to be an astronaut. Uh, before, I believe the Lord called me to be a preacher, but I desired to be an astronaut. And I still tell people today, if I had the opportunity, I, I'd still tell people I'm going to be the first person on Mars. I know it's not 100% true, but if I had the opportunity, I might go. We'll, th- we'll see. Uh, but I, I wanted to be an astronaut. I loved uh, space travel, loved uh, the, the history of the, the NASA program and all of that. And one thing that I wanted to do as a young boy is go to space camp. Or one thing I want to do is just is go to the Kennedy Space Center. And just last year, uh, two years ago on vacation, uh, I was able to go there. I was excited about it. That, that we, we went to Universal Studios, and that was okay. But going to the, the Kennedy Space Center was much more exciting to me. It was much more fun than any roller coaster uh, that they had there at Universal Studios. Uh, and one thing I'll say, I was not ashamed of how excited I was for the privilege to go there to see something that I have longed to see. And as Paul here, he longed to be with the Romans. He he longed to be there at the church at Rome. Why? Because he wanted to preach the gospel there. He felt it was a privilege to them. And I remember as we we took kind of a um, a, a bus ride out to the the Saturn V building. That was like the the main thing I wanted to see. If you're not familiar with the Saturn V is, you need to read up on your history. Uh, The Saturn V was the rocket that took us to the moon. A 363-foot-tall rocket with... Three people sitting on top of it. Uh, unbelievable. It's traveled about 7,000 miles an hour to get out of the uh, atmosphere and 25,000 miles around, uh, an hour around the moon. I told you to get a little nerdy. Uh, but when I walked in there, those doors open, and there right in front of me, hanging uh, 20 feet up, something like that, was that Saturn V rocket. Man, that was awesome. That was something I'd been looking forward to. That was something that um, I was not ashamed and still not ashamed to be excited about. Some people say, well, you're just a geek. I'm not ashamed of that. I was excited about it. And in the same way, um, Paul was not ashamed of the gospel because he knew it was a great privilege to preach the gospel. He knew he had a great privilege. And there as I stood there, um, saw that rocket that in 1962 President Kennedy had, commis- Kennedy had commissioned for the purpose of going to the moon. It was just an amazing thing. And how much more should we anticipate with excitement the opportunity we have to preach the gospel? the opportunity we have to share the gospel. And we have been, been given a commission, not by the president, but by the king of kings, by the Lord of lords, by the God of creation, to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. It's a privilege for which you shouldn't be ashamed. Uh, and, and, and maybe you've heard this, it's very, very famous, one of his famous speeches, I'd say probably two of President Kennedy's most famous speeches, the one, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, and his other was, we go to the moon. And, in, and I was looking through some of that as I was preparing for this message, President Kennedy said, surely 
The opening vistas of space promise high costs and, and hardships, as well as high reward. And just the same, the opportunity to preach the gospel it comes with high costs, but it comes with a much, greater, a much higher reward than the cost. And it comes with a much higher reward than comes with us landing on the moon. As awesome as that was, preaching the gospel is a much greater opportunity. He also said, that challenge, talking about going to the moon, is one that we are willing to accept. One we are unwilling to postpone and one which we intend to win. And I hope we have that same drive when it comes to getting the gospel. And he said this, I regard the decision last year to shift our efforts in space from low to high gear as among the most important decisions that will be made during the incumbency of the office, in the office of my presidency. He said this decision to go to the moon, he said, I think is one of the most important decisions that I will make as a president. And the decision to preach the gospel, the decision to share the gospel with the entire world should be the greatest decision that any of us make as Christians. And it, 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 it should define who we are. As, as that may have defined his presidency, the gospel should define our lives. And because of the great privilege that we have to preach it. But also, not, not just because of the great privilege, uh, but look at verse number 16. But because of the power. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of, of Christ, for it is the power of God. Why was he not ashamed? Because the gospel was God's power. Another application of being ashamed is when uh, someone or something has let you down. Just like kind of my illustration with the lions. They constantly were letting people down, so they were ashamed. Uh, they, they felt embarrassed, uh, or maybe you felt embarrassed at someone or something who's not lived up to the expectation that they should have. I remember when I was in college, uh, I was um, the only one in my freshman class to test out of English 99, English 101, and English 102. Tested into English 103. And um, I remember my teacher, Mrs. Flint. She was very excited to have me in her class. Um, she, was look, she, she even said that in front of the entire class. Mr. Morris, I'm very, look, very excited to have you in my class. Because I had built an expectation for myself by testing into the, as far as could, could possibly be tested. But unfortunately... By the end of that semester, she was ashamed of me. Um, I did not live up to the expectation that she had for me. Why? I didn't take it as seriously as I should have. Now, I regret that for sure. And those of you that are going to college or those of you in school, obviously I teach in our Christian school, um, that is not a good example. Take t t I should have taken it much more seriously. Um, but because I didn't take it seriously, she had an expectation of me, but I felt ashamed and she felt ashamed. I didn't fail the class. Um, but I didn't do as well as I probably should have or could have done. One thing I know for sure about the gospel, it will never let us down. As much as we will let people down, as much as um, people will let us down, the gospel will never let us down. Why? Because it's the power of God. And if God says something, he does it. God's promises never fail. God will never fail us. It boasts great power, has the power to save. Uh, those of us who've been saved, we can testify of the saving power of the gospel. We've been saved from sin. We've been saved from the punishment of sin. Uh, we, we've been, well, one day we'll be saved from the, pe uh, the presence of sin. We won't have to live with sin any longer. Uh, but it's, it has great power to save. It has the power to free from shame and guilt. As much as uh, sin, sin makes us guilty, sin makes us uh, have shame, but the gospel has the power to free us from that. I, I don't have to live my life in shame. I don't have to live my life in guilt. I can live my life in satisfaction living in the power of the gospel, and has the power to change lives. I'm sure we could go through the room and, and give testimony after testimony of how God has changed your life. What is that? That's the power of the gospel. Uh, I, was eight, I was eight years old when I got saved. I wasn't a drug addict. 
Uh, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't a drunk. I wasn't, you wouldn't say, oh, he's some terrible person. But I was a sinner just as much as anybody else was. And God may not have changed my life drastically on the outside because I was only eight years old. But one thing, uh, and sometimes young, young people sometimes struggle with that. They'll hear some person come and they say, yeah, I was 30 years old. I was, I was a drunk. I was this. I was in jail. I was, and God saved me and completely changed my life. And sometimes young people get discouraged with that. Well, I don't have that great testimony. We have an even better testimony. That God saved us from that life. That God took us when we were young and changed the direction of our life so we did not have to face any of that. So we did not have to suffer through any of that. And, and so as much as it's, I'm not saying that to put down people who've been saved from that, I'm sure you understand, um, but I'm thankful for how God saved me. I'm thankful that I don't have to say, I know what it's like to do this. I know what it's like to be in jail. I know what it's like to uh, be high. I know what it's like to be, I don't know what that's like because the Lord saved me from that. And I'm thankful for that. That's not because of me. That's because of the power of the gospel. And because of that power, we can say, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Another reason that Paul was able to not be ashamed of the gospel was because of its potential. He had a great privilege to preach the gospel. had great power. Uh, But look at the potential. Again, uh, continuing on in verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Not only is it a privilege to be able to have access to the gospel and the ability to share the gospel, and not only is is it an unbelievable power, but the gospel also has unbelievable potential. I'm thankful the gospel is not just for a few people that have no choice to, to accept it. I'm glad the gospel is not just for a certain group of people. I, I'm, I'm glad that Peter realized that, God, that, that salvation had come to the Gentiles. That it was no longer just for the Jews. It's for the whole world. For whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There is great potential to the gospel. The potential power of the gospel is unlimited. The only thing that can limit the gospel is our sharing it and people believing it. And I hope that the people in this room, the people of our church, that we would not be limiting the gospel because we don't share it. Now, we can share the gospel. There's, there's, two, there, there's Obviously, Jesus is the one who died for us, and he is the power of the gospel. But as far as people being saved, there's two, two responsibilities. There's our responsibility to give it, and there's the sinner's responsibility to receive it. I can't make people get saved, but I, but I can give them an opportunity to. Uh, the, the, the saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I can lead a sinner to the Lord, but I can't make him accept him. I wish we could. I, I, I wish there was a way you could just make everybody get saved so everybody can go to heaven together. Uh, but that's not the way God planned it. That's not the way that God has it. It's our privilege and it's our responsibility to share the gospel. But too often we're ashamed. Say, so I'm not ashamed of the gospel. When's, when's the last time you gave a tract? When's the last time I gave a tract? Uh, when's the last time you've seen someone saved? Uh, and again, I'm not just preaching to everyone. I'm preaching to myself. I need to do better at not being ashamed of the gospel. You say, oh, you're a preacher. You'd, say, you'd be ashamed. There have been times. There have been times I had the opportunity I didn't share the gospel. I, I remember recently, um, my landlord told me about somebody, and I, I believe I've shared this with, with some of you. Um, my landlord told me about somebody that, uh, an electrician, or a plumber, I believe it was. Um, he, he, mentioned, he, he, knew, he knows I'm a Christian. Uh, my landlord claims to be a Christian as well, says he's saved. Um, he asked me to go talk to him because he was sick. And um, I didn't write it down and kind of went out of the back of my mind for about a week. And the next week I thought, you know, I'm going to go see Bob. He's Bob the plumber. Um, and I, I was thinking, I'm going I'm to go see him, uh, but I, I don't have his number. I said, L- L- actually, I did, I did have his number. I said, let me call my landlord and see what exactly was wrong. And so I was going to call him, see if I could bring him, bring him a dinner and just go and visit him. And so I called my landlord. I said, Mac, uh, what, what, what's wrong with Bob? And he said, Andrew, he said, you wouldn't believe it. He just passed away yesterday. And because I hesitated, 
I missed an opportunity to give the gospel. That breaks my heart whenever I think about that. I, I, I hope Bob was saved. Um, but I limited the gospel, if you will, because I didn't jump on the opportunity that I had to share the gospel. And I hope we won't do the same thing. D.L. Moody said this, The world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. The power of the gospel is so powerful, but it's only as powerful as we choose to use it. The gospel is not going to share itself. Um, God could have wrote in the clouds, but he chose to use us. And if we don't share the gospel, then it's like, we're, like, like, like we sing the song, hide under a bushel. No, but too often we do. The potential of what can be accomplished um, is if, uh, if we'll be unashamed of the gospel and commit our lives to sharing it with others is endless. So we see Paul's proclamation. He said to the church at Rome, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And not only did he say it, but he lived it. Now we'll fast forward in Paul's life. Go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. In Romans 1, Paul's speaking to the church at Rome, and he's anticipating one day being able to see them in person and preach the gospel to them. His perspective is this, at this point was one of freedom, if you will. He, he wasn't in jail. This was not one of his epistles that he wrote in jail. It was actually believed that it was written in uh, the city of Cor- Corinth as he was vid- visiting the church there on his third missionary journey. But however, he understood the potential cost of living the gospel. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he said this, Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered, uh, suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in, city, in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in, fasting, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Paul understood more than anybody the potential cost of sharing the gospel, yet he was still not ashamed. But as he wrote this to the church at Rome, he was not in prison at the time. Maybe he had just gotten roughed up by, by, by a group of, uh, by a gang of uh, some Jews there or something the, the day before. We don't know. But he saw that often, yet he was still not ashamed. But now here in 2 Timothy, Paul's nearing the end of his life, and he decides to write one final letter to Timothy. His perspective this time was one of bondage. He was sitting there in jail. Essentially, he was waiting his ultimate fate of beheading. Uh, he wasn't ashamed of the gospel. In fact, the reason that he was there in that jail was because he was not ashamed of the gospel. Um, as I'll g- give a little background as we, right before we get into 2 Timothy here. In Acts chapter 25, after standing before Felix and Festus, uh, who were governors of sorts in Judea, um, Paul invoked his right, saying, I appeal to Caesar. And in Acts chapter 26, after standing before King Agrippa, he gives his testimony. And Agrippa makes this statement to Festus. He says, this man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed unto Caesar. But he knew his rights as a Roman citizen, that he could appeal and stand before Caesar on trial. Why did he do that? Because he wanted to give the gospel to Caesar. Because it was an opportunity for him to stand before the, essentially the emperor of the entire known world at the time and share the gospel with him. And if you know anything about history, the, the emperor at the time, Caesar, was Nero. He was not very kind to Christians. And if you understand the thing about the life of Paul, he didn't used to be either. So he was someone he could uh, relate to, in a sense. Um, But because of Nero, because of his reign, one day, Paul would be beheaded for the gospel. But all the way to the end, he was not ashamed of the gospel. And so here in 2 Timothy chapter number 1, look at verse 7. He is pleading with Timothy one last time. Now, Timothy, obviously, uh, Timothy was a pastor, I know many believe he was the pastor of the church of Ephesus. 
And so he was there pastoring and serving the Lord. But, but uh, Paul, one more time, giving him some encouragement before he knows his, his time is almost done. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner. But be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. Paul reminds Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So as he pleads with Timothy, he says, Timothy, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Follow my example as, as I've tried to live. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so as best as Paul could, he was not ashamed of the gospel. He was able to say that with a clear conscience. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now he's saying to Timothy, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of, of Christ, nor me, his prisoner. And he gave him a few thoughts. First was of courage. He said, here, God, God hath not given us a spirit of fear. So Timothy, you don't have anything to be afraid of. Um, you don't need to fear. Paul reminds Timothy that God's not given him fear. Fear is, comes from lack of faith. It comes from when we focus on the circumstances rather than the God who's in control of our circumstances. And just as God encouraged Joshua as Moses had died, he said, hey, fear not, Mo, uh, Joshua. Be not dismayed. Be thou of good courage. Be thou strong courage. He's saying this, giving the same admonition to Timothy. Now, I understand this. Fear is common. We all fear. I believe it was uh, General Patton, uh, someone asked him how he was able to not have any fear. He said, no, I, I had fear all the time. But courage is being able to go on in spite of your fear. And we, and we hear the stories of soldiers and all the things they're able to do in spite of fear. It's courage. Courage is doing what you're supposed to do, even if you're afraid. And oftentimes, we're afraid of what people will say. We're afraid of how people will respond. Uh, we have so many things we're afraid of, but wherever God calls... God enables. And God has given us the calling. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. So if God has called us to preach the gospel, then he will give us the courage to preach the gospel. He'll give us the boldness. You, you see in the book of Acts, at the, the beginning of the book of Acts, the apostles saying all the time, like, God, give us boldness. Give us utterance. Give us courage to do what it is that you want us to do. Don't give in to fear. Give your fears to God. There was a Japanese schoolboy who once showed his courage that would uh, probably put us to shame. Uh, he belonged to a school containing 150 boys, but he was the only Christian among them. He brought his lunch to school every day, and he dared to fold his hands and ask blessing uh, on his food before he ate. He had some enemies at the school, and the boys would make fun of him, and they um, went to the schoolmaster and accused him of doing something with magic. The master then called the lad before the entire school and, and uh, asked him what he had been doing, and, the, and the, the little boy spoke up bravely and explained, I'm a Christian, and before I eat my lunch, I pray and ask God to bless my food. And as soon as he said that, the master burst into tears, put his head down on his desk, and he said, my boy, I too am a Christian, but did not dare let men know that I was one. Now please, God, I will try to live as a Christian ought to live. How many times have we had the opportunity to be a testimony, to share the gospel, and we've cowered away? And then maybe somebody else stood up and we think, man, that, that could have been me. I could have been the one to do that. Not that it's about us, but... We missed an opportunity. Uh, I, I'm encouraged whenever, um, whenever I'm out with my family and uh, we bow our heads to pray for, for our, our meal, I'm encouraged at times where someone will come up to us and say, that is awesome to see you. Pray as a family together. And that, that's an encouragement. I'm glad I'm able to be that testimony. Uh, but there are times, I'm sure we'd all admit, that we weren't so brave. We weren't so bold. I remember learning to be brave and bold in my, in my faith as a young person. Uh, my dad is not saved. My dad's not a Christian and there would be times we'd go over to his house, and I remember me and my brother would do this. We um, didn't want him to get mad at us, but we knew we should pray for our food before we eat, um, so we'd kind of 
if he was, if he was looking away, we'd uh, real quick pray, uh, or I'd kind of like pray real quick. Um, but as I grew older, uh, I realized, man, I, I don't need to be ashamed. Uh, I, I, I don't need to fear what my dad will say to me. I'm going to pray. And, um, and so we do that now. And um, even so much that last time he came and visited us, it was just it was awesome. I'm praying that God will use our, our children, Annabelle and Olivia, to soften his heart and see him saved. Uh, and, and, but there was one time, um, usually when he comes, he sends me and my wife out uh, to go out to eat. And he watched the, him and his wife watched the girls. And um, they went to eat. And Annabelle put both of her hands out and bowed her head. And so they, they prayed with her. And she knew, even at two years old, the importance. And she wasn't ashamed. And, uh, and I always say, oh, well, she's only two years old. We should be the same way. We have no reason to be ashamed. We have nothing to be afraid of. We just need to have courage. Show courage wherever you go, whether at work, with your family, uh, around town, in places of business with friends. Show courage. Uh, secondly, he, he was pleading with Timothy, saying, hey, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Just as I was not ashamed of the gospel, have courage. And then secondly, you're going to have to have endurance. Look at verse number 8. He said, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions. And in verse number 12, he said, for this cause also I suffer these things. He said, Timothy, you're going to have to have some endurance. You're going to have to have some tough skin. You're going to have to go through some tough things. And when we face opposition in life, uh, when we're striving to, to live for the Lord, often it's a sign that we're doing something right. The Bible says, yea, all, all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And I understand uh, sometimes we'll say, woe is me, I'm suffering persecution. If we look at the life of Paul, we're not suffering persecution. Uh, when, when someone gives us, when someone slams the door in our face, or when, or when someone tells us they don't want to hear what we have to say, that's nothing compared to what Paul went through. But I understand that's the persecution that we face. But sometimes we back down to that. And I wonder, if I was living in Paul's day, how quick would I back down? When they picked up one of those stones, oh, whoa, wait, that, that's not what I meant. Um, would, would we have done the same thing? Or would we have not been ashamed as Paul was? But he had endurance. Uh, why do so many people quit on the Lord? They're ashamed of the gospel. They don't want to identify with something that's going to cause them trouble. And too often we aren't willing to endure the hardships long enough to see the rewards of the power of the gospel. Um, there's a man that, he's a, I don't recommend everything that he writes and all that he does. His name is Tim Ferriss. Uh, he's written some books. Uh, very unconventional, kind of thinks outside the box and um, has some great ideas that he believed would help many people live simpler and more efficient in life. Uh, kind of like a self-help type uh, book writer. So he set out to write a book. Nobody knew who he was. Uh, and he put these principles that had changed his life. And he approached publisher after publisher, got rejected by 25 different publishers. And finally, the 26th publisher um, decided to publish his book. And as he got that deal, one of the publishers sent him a, a letter saying, here's the reasons why your book will not be profitable. Here's the reasons why it will never be a New York Times bestseller. And finally, a, a, a publisher decided to help him and publish his book. And it ended up very quickly being number one in the New York Times bestseller. And it remained on the New York Times bestseller list for four years straight. Why? Because he knew, he, he was not ashamed of the information that he had, and he was persistent, didn't give up, and finally someone took it, and it skyrocketed. How much more with the gospel? We've got more than just good information. We've got the power of the gospel, and sometimes we'll, we'll give in and say, oh, well, they, they, they didn't want to hear it, so I'm, I'm not going to say it anymore. We need to have the same spirit that Jeremiah had, where he got discouraged and said, I'm, I'm not going to speak it anymore. But he said the fire of God's word built up so much inside him that he could not refrain. He could not keep himself from sharing God's word. That ought to be us. Uh, we know that in due season, the Bible says, we'll reap if we faint not and last, and I'll be done. He was pleading with, with Timothy, saying, Timothy, you're going to need courage. You're going to need to have endurance. 
But last, and possibly most important, uh, you're going to need to have assurance. Look at, look at uh, verse number 12. The end of verse 12. He said, for I, I'm, nevertheless, I'll read the whole verse. For this cause which I suffer these things. Nevertheless, in spite of this, he's saying, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And then he says to Timothy, hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul told Timothy it's going to take courage. He said it's going to take endurance, but it would take assurance. You've got to know for sure what you believe. You've got to be grounded in God's word. It's not just some loose faith that we have. We've got to know for sure what, what, what God's word says. That's why we've got to be students of God's word. That's why it says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. That's not just for preachers. That's not just for pastors. That's for every, every child of God. We need to study God's word. We need to read God's word. We need to know so that if someone asks of us, we can give an answer. So that we won't be shaken at, at, at every wind of doctrine, as, as the Bible says. We need to be able to stand firm. And the only way we'll be able to stand firm is if we know what it is we're standing on. And if we're confident in it. Cast out doubts and trust the Lord. Jesus, speaking to the ruler of the synagogue after his daughter had died, said to him this, Be not afraid, only believe. He said this is only going to be possible. You're only going to be able to see the power of the gospel, if you will, if you believe. Obviously, that's the only way we'll be saved. It's not just some loose faith that we have. We've got to believe. And if we're going to see God's, the power of the gospel worked out in our lives and see people saved, we're going to have to believe. We're going to have to believe it. We're going to have to know it. And as he was um, going there to, to that man's house, there were some there who said, hey, why, do you, why are you bothering Jesus? She's dead. And he said, he said to them, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. And it says this. It said they laughed him to scorn. They thought he was a fool for saying that. Obviously, she's dead. We've got the doctor here. She's not moved in hours. She's dead. And they saw the power of the gospel when Jesus raised her back to life. Why? Because the man believed. Everyone else may have doubted, but that man said, no, I believe what Jesus can do. I believe in the power of the gospel. And as we take a stand for the Lord, there's going to be people who may laugh us to scorn. I remember with my dad, I I remember um, God had called me to preach. I knew God wanted me to be in ministry. And I remember him asking me where I was going to go to college. And, and, and one place he wanted me to go was University of Michigan and uh, study something there and make a lot of money. I told him I wanted to go to Bible college. And I remember what he said to me. And it wasn't pleasant. In a sense, he laughed me to scorn. Now, since then, he's very supportive of me. Of me but I'm, I'm praying that he'll get saved. I don't want him just to be supportive of me. I want him to believe the gospel. Because I know it's the power of God and salvation to everyone that believe it. So I know my dad can be saved. But he was one who laughed me to scorn, if you will. Um, but I continue to follow him, continue to follow the Lord. God will give us the courage to endure. And we'll be able to see the power of God unto everyone that believeth. Paul was unashamed. Timothy was unashamed. But above all, Jesus was unashamed. When Jesus died on the cross for us, if, if sometimes, and um, I know a pastor said that makes this statement, sometimes we have kind of like a Sunday school mentality of Christianity. And we see a picture of Jesus. He's hanging there on the cross. He's... Uh, got a little blood dripping down, um, clothed. Obviously, I'm sure just for the sake of Sunday school, we, we don't draw it the way it r- really was. But what he went through was humiliating. He was shamed, but he was not ashamed. The Bible says he despised the shame. It's basically saying, I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm going to put off this shame. People are trying to shame me, but I will not be ashamed. Why? Because he loved us. Because he knew what it, because he knew what it would bring. He said, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame. And the shame that may come upon us um, is very little in comparison to what Jesus went through. I can guarantee you none of us in our lifetime will be crucified. Um, it will be a rare exception, I'm sure, if somebody in this room in our lifetime was killed for your faith in our country. There may come a day, but I, I don't believe it's in our generation. I, I hope not. I hope that day never comes, but it very, very well may. What example are we leaving to our children? If, we will, if we're ashamed of Jesus now, what will they be when things get tougher, when it gets more difficult to be a Christian? So for that sake, we need to make sure we're not ashamed. For the sake of those around us who need the gospel, who need to be saved, we need to make sure we're not ashamed. So the question remains, Paul wasn't ashamed, Timothy wasn't ashamed, Jesus sure wasn't ashamed. The question is, are you ashamed? Say, oh no, I, didn't you just hear me singing? Man, I was singing out, missed a couple notes, but I was still singing, singing to the Lord. But when we leave here, are we going to be ashamed? Or are we going to be bold and will we be able to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to identify with Christ. Um, sometimes it's funny how we even forget. I, I remember one time I was um, wearing the I Have Decided t-shirt. And um, when, if you wear one of those t-shirts, you need to remember, obviously we ought to always represent the Lord, uh, but make sure you represent the Lord when you wear that. It's got our church logo on the back. It's, I'm not, I have decided, but I remember someone walking up to me and said, what? I was in Walmart, so it was just very strange. Uh, but I was walking around Walmart, I had that on, and someone came up to me and said, what, what have you decided? I'm like, um, the frozen pizza? I'm just kidding. I, 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 didn't, I forgot I was wearing the shirt. And she said, what have you decided? I'm thinking, I'm, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I turned around to her, I said, I've decided to follow Jesus. And she said, that's awesome. And I've had a few people comment, I'm, I'm sure many of you wearing that shirt have pe- had people comment on that. That's a, way to, that's a way to kind of force yourself to not be ashamed. I'm wearing, you're wearing that, um, and then you're um, at the bar, uh, they, they might doubt what's going on, uh, or, or, or doing whatever. Let's not be ashamed. We have no reason to be ashamed. Jesus wasn't ashamed of us. Uh, we have a great privilege to preach God's word. The, the gospel has great power, and there's great potential. If we, it, it, it's unbelievable to even think about what is possible is if this group of people here tonight would not be ashamed of the gospel, would share it with all their coworkers, would share it with all your family, with all your friends, with your neighbors, with everybody around us. It's, it's, it's amazing to think about what could take place, how many people we could see saved. Uh, the Bible says righteousness exalts the nation. And as we see more people saved, that's more righteousness in our nation. And as we see a revival sweep across our nation, that's when God's going to exalt us again. And, and I hope we'll see that. But it's only going to happen is if his people will not be ashamed of him. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, You can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.